This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu forward slash store to download this book or purchase a physical copy. Intellectual Schizophrenia Culture, Crisis and Education by Russus J. Rushduni. Copyright 1961, Dorothy Rushduni and the Rushduni Irrevocable Trust. Calcedon, Ross House Books. Chapter 8. The Mysticism of the Public Schools Two of the cardinal aspects of the modern concept of education are, as it has been pointed out, first, that it is productive of intellectual schizophrenia, and second, that it is a continuation and secular manifestation of the medieval concept of society. It should be noted that Schizophrenia is an especially prevalent psychosis in this era, constituting a large portion of the mental sickness under treatment. Schizophrenia has been called by some the greatest disease menace of our time, and its affinities to our culture are especially deep. For this reason, it is even, in serious cases often, and in milder forms constantly, not readily noticed by the general population. It is a radical split between thought and feeling. It is productive of fantasy rather than action, involves a withdrawal from reality, as witness culturally the withdrawal of modern philosophers of the logico-analytic school, and is often characterised also by a studied rebellion against mental health. Strecker has quoted with disagreement the gloomy remark of, quote, an able psychiatrist, end quote, quote, I never knew a schizophrenic patient who could not get well, and yet I never knew one who did, end quote. This observation has some merit in that it catches the negative orientation of schizophrenia. It has as studied a love of unity and fantasy as it has a rejection of unity in reality. This is especially characteristic of the cultural schizophrenia of our day, with its world-embracing fantasies of unity, combined with the reality of disunity, not only within the society and the family, but also within the mind of man. The secularised medievalism of education is an aspect of this sickness Medieval cartographers, in drawing maps, placed Jerusalem in the centre and made the map circular, thus making it the hub, pivot and heart of all humanity. Brought up to date, the ideal was that the whole of Europe and, in effect, the known and contingent world were to be made one city, the true Jerusalem, made visible. Otto I, in re-establishing the Roman Empire, in terms of this concept, is represented as the bearer of this concept on a liturgical vessel with the inscription, quote, Jerusalem Visio Pacis, end quote. All society was to be an incarnation of a universal and supernatural reality. Hence, unity was the basic premise, whether under the empire or under the church. The question, as it developed, was as to the 
institutional manifestation and control of that order. The Protestant reformers began their work under the influence of that same concept, but rapidly gave priority to truth above unity and as the only true ground of unity. Truth being divisive, society rapidly became pluralistic. The Enlightenment, however, had its own version of the medieval faith and its own conception of the heavenly city, a dream no less evident in Karl Marx, in the champions of world democracy, and in the one-world state idea. The modern concept of education is an affirmation of this faith, and for all its protestations, is anti-pluralistic and believes in a secular Jerusalem whose priests are educators. A public school education is deemed culturally necessary in order that the child might participate in the ethos of that order and become one with it. In essence, the contemporary goal of education is mysticism, secular and naturalistic, but nonetheless mysticism. God, Tao and Brahma have been replaced by the mystical group and the purpose of education is to develop group experience and sensitivity. We are told that conservatives being, quote, largely uninformed as to the real objectives of education in a democracy, end quote, consider the essentials to be frills, while the non-essentials in the curriculum having, quote, the weight of tradition behind them, end quote, are defended, whereas they are the true frills. They do not see that, quote, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life, end quote. Vigilance must be constantly employed to guard against the devastating impact of the printed word upon dependent thought, end quote. To be educated means not learning, but unswerving loyalty to democratic ideals, as the school defines. Quote, the entire curriculum, the entire life of the school, in fact, should be a youthful experience in democratic living, quickening social inventiveness and agitating the social conscience. So are citizens for the democratic state successfully educated. End quote. Nothing could be plainer. The goal of education is not learning but experience, hence the inadequacy and failure of private and parochial schools, which both emphasize learning and, as a byproduct, give an alien experience. Learning indeed has its place in concept and may be heavily emphasized as occasions of state may require, but basic to the learning is the mystical devotion to the new god, the state, whose high priest is the state school. That new god is sometimes seen with a communist face, then again with democratic countenance. But the mysticisms each invokes are but variations of a common heresy and secular revivals of clearly medieval concepts. But man, being at war with himself, cannot, for all his fantasies, turn his dream of unity into reality. The more zealously he pursues the fantasy, the more radical will his collapse become. His pursuit of the experience is a love of death.
Proverbs 8.36, and has as its harbinger acute and chronic anxiety. And because of his schizophrenic disassociation, his anxiety is no warning of present danger, but a phantom born of flight. But not even in space and its generous time can man ever hope to escape from himself and the issues of his own being. The development of this mysticism is old in its roots, having certain inheritances from the Renaissance and the Enlightenment in their exaltation of man, but its more immediate source is Rousseau. Stated in its mildest form, the concept asserted that majority will creates law and grants rights. The majority will constituted the source of true justice and liberty. Anything else was tyranny. Any other authority was slavery. Bakunin reduced the idea to its logical conclusions and asserted two things. First, quote, If there is a God, man is a slave, end quote. Second, quote, Liberty is a denial of all authority, and God is authority, end quote. Paul had declared, quote, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, end quote. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the reverse was held to be true. Where the spirit of man is, there is liberty. Politics and education address themselves to communion and communication with that spirit. But, as Le Bon observed of his day, quote, The masses have never thirsted after truth, end quote. Quote, It is not the lead of liberty, but of servitude that is always predominant in the soul of the crowd. They are so bent on obedience that they instinctively submit to whoever declares himself their master. End quote. The creation of mass man and the development of the concept of the general will have had inevitable effects on man. First, responsibility has been transferred from the individual to the group, now the supreme authority. Second, social pressure is accentuated wherever the group reigns. Quote, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. End quote. Proverbs 29.25 No tyrant is as omnipresent and dangerous as man, or more fearfully and abjectly served. Third, it destroys responsibility on higher levels also, in that, unlike delegation of power in a republic and government, in terms of a higher law, it involves rather a bare representation of the people, now the source of law. Fourth, it results in mysticism, and the language of politics, education and theology has become experience, participation, correspondence, integration and the like. Even the familiar expression, college education, is giving away in educational terminology to college experience and the goal of this experience is quote, how to live democratically. Fraternities are attacked not on the ground of their possible relationship to poor learning but in terms of this same mystical concept. Mysticism strives for union and absorption into the divine whole. This union is the highest goal of life surpassing by far any other concern, and 
Because it is held that there is a common substance in the individual and the divine whole, not salvation, but self-realization is the means to the religious goal, and self-realization is essentially the disappearance of the self into the divine whole, subject and object, God and man, humanity and the individual, are fused and merged into an undivided one. The mystical experience begins with ecstasy, but must culminate in anesthesia. Before this is accomplished, the process of absorption ostensibly invades the individual with the energies and experiences of the divine whole. The insulation and privacy of individuality give way to an all-inclusive unity and an experience in which oneness becomes the highest value. By a slight alteration and modernization of terminology, this description of mysticism can be altered into a description of contemporary educational goals and the concept of the educational experience as democratic living. The success of such statist and mystical educational theory, Le Bon, in a more practical context, long ago noted, Statist education in France in the latter part of the 19th century created a generation that avoided work in free enterprises in favour of government positions, creating the immense civil service that is now France's surest government and greatest handicap. The educational preparation was not in terms of self-direction and independent action, but in terms of state functions and with, quote, a superstitious confidence in the state whom it regards as a sort of providence, end quote. The result was, practically, a growing correlation, in view of this kind of instruction, between the increase of such education and criminality. Le Bon could accuse this educational theory with transforming, quote, the majority of those who have undergone it into enemies of society. But this is to simplify unduly the problem, as we have seen, The religious presuppositions of modern man, which underlie both pupil and school, make both culpable and both victims alike of a deadly faith. This mysticism sees its God as beyond law. The individual can go bankrupt, but the state will always have an answer that will override the old economic realities. Hence, more power to the state. Problems become difficult for the individual but the state has a higher wisdom whereby it can deal with all situations. If the state falters or fails, it is only because the wrong combinations of men guide it, and a reshuffling is believed to be the answer to the problem, not any question as to the inadequacy of statism. Medieval man never reveals so intense and zealous faith as does modern man in his devotion to the cult of the state. Because the modern concept of education is a religious faith, it will, increasingly, be hostile to all non-status forms of education in that they separate the individual from the ineffable experience it alone can give. Thus, an increasingly bitter struggle will be waged against all enemies, to use an NEA term, of the public school. In terms of this, the Christian and other private schools will be hopelessly inadequate if they see the issue as merely their survival or freedom. It is a holy 
or religious war that is waged against him, and the issue can only be resolved as revitalized Orthodox Christianity faces the implications of its faith and develops them consistently in terms of the whole of life. This cannot be done in terms of a new medievalism or any nostalgia for past forms, nor by an evasion of the fact of epistemological pluralism, for such an unrealistic attitude leads to attempts to recreate the past instead of recognising the failures of the present. On the other hand, there can be no retreat into a permanent remnant concept because the biblical concept of the kingdom forbids it. Moreover, the transcendent unity of God's kingdom is such that it includes even the wrath of man and makes all things serve his sovereign and omnipotent purpose. Whether with man's will or against it, all man's cultural activity will contribute to the unified structure of the kingdom. In terms of the realities of the development of epistemological self-consciousness, the Christian has every ground for confidence concerning the future. But confidence must be the ground, not of sloth, but of action, for the attack is mounting, and the demand increasing that all American youth be in public or status schools. Such an assertion, coming from none less than James B. Conant. Gantz Little, President of the Board of Christian Education of the United Presbyterian Church, USA, has called parochial education, quote, a kind of brainwashing, end quote, and defended public schools as the means of true education, apparently confident that state schools have an objectivity that their secular faith involves no indoctrination. More than that, the 1925 Oregon case decision is now being questioned. The Supreme Court then ruled, quote, The fundamental theory of liberty upon which all governments in the Union repose excludes any general power of the state to standardise its children by forcing them to accept instruction from public teachers only, end quote. But John L. Childs, Professor Emeritus at Columbia's Teachers College, has questioned the right of non-status schools to operate freely, stating, quote, Unless church educational practices, which are assumed to have been sanctioned by that historic decision of the Supreme Court, are reviewed and revised, the future of the common school is not one of promise, end quote. Thus, even as discipline collapses and hulamism increases as a constant problem, the statist educators grow more vocal in their demands that all youth be subjected to the mystical experience of which they are the high priests. The state needs, they believe, to standardise, quote, its children, end quote. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce 
including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.